Chris Carter here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. It's a mailbag episode. We're going to answer a lot of your questions, including one that's about a Bud Dupree update and lots of draft questions and maybe some more questions about free agency. Lots to discuss here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Steelers, your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things of the Pittsburgh Steelers. As always, you can find this show on your favorite podcasting app and especially on YouTube. Like this video if you see it on YouTube. Subscribe to this YouTube channel to get all of your daily Monday through Friday episodes because we we are we bring your team every day and we hope that we are first listen every day. Today's episode is sponsored by FanDuel, FanDuel Sportsbook is the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Make every moment more by visiting FanDuel.com slash LockedOn today to get started, especially betting on all the other games and all the other leagues right now. But a little bit of Steelers news is, you know, the, is the is now the update that they have now released Jameer Jones, who was a guy that they signed back a little, right around the time of the combine. Jameer Jones had kind of progressed to their third off outside linebacker last year, kind of take, taking the place of Malik Reed and as far as being an option. But it's clear the Steelers want to make sure that their backup edge rushers are not as significant of a downgrade from their starters in TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith and that now brings us back to the question, what's the plan there and what's up with Bud Dupree? Uh, we're going to do a lot of mailbag questions today because you guys have been sending them in like crazy and we're going to try to knock a lot of them out. Uh, here's our friend Bruce Ross, all the way from Mississippi, asking about Bud Dupree. Hey, how you doing, Chris? This is Bruce Ross calling in from uh, Cleveland, Mississippi. Man, I'm just calling to see what is the holdup with Bud Dupree. Uh, we, we heard he went to um, visit the Steelers. We haven't heard anything, to my knowledge. Uh, so is this a sign that we're not going to get Bud, or is this, like, normal, or what do you think? So I'm just uh, trying to see what's up with Bud, because, like I said, it's been a while since we heard any news. Thank you, man. Thank you, Bruce, for your question. And remember, if you want to be on the call line or get to the call line, all you got to do is call 412-223-6644. Leave your name, where you're from, and keep your question to under a minute, and we'll get your, your answer on the, your question on the show. So, Bruce, let me give you some just a little bit of perspective from, from my end, just what I think is happening here with the Bud Dupree situation. I particularly believe that Bud Dupree – there's a mutual interest of that to happen, but Bud Dupree wants to see if he can make real money. And we've talked about this with Alan Saunders on the show before, but Bud Dupree is still a free agent. He, this is probably his, he's probably only got like a couple more years of making real deal edge rusher, you know, edge rusher money. And he got a good payday from the Titans, but now he is, he's not able to fully live out that contract because they've let him go. So now he's looking for the next big thing. The Steelers aren't going to pay him big money. They're going to pay him, you know, a small amount of money, with you know, with probably a one or two year deal maximum, and then string him along like that. Bud Dupree's not looking for that, but what he could be looking for is an opportunity to showcase that he is still a guy that's worthy of a bigger contract. When he like like the way he did before he uh, left the Steelers with uh, with you know the numbers that he was putting up for Pittsburgh back then. So I think the biggest thing is that Bud Dupree is looking for the deal 
Um, and he wants to make sure that there's not a chance somewhere where he could start and show it in a in a more full capacity. Because even if he does get to play for the Steelers and he does do well for them, he'll still be a backup, and that might not be the role he wants to he wants to portray out to GMs and executives out there when he hits the free when he hits free agency again uh, over the next couple of years or so. So uh, I think that's the big holdup. He's just holding out, trying to see things. I think the Steelers want it to happen. I think he's okay with it happening. But he just wants to make sure he doesn't. He has. He hasn't. Or he wants to make sure that he has exhausted all of his options leading up to that. So uh, I don't think it's anything nefarious or anything like that. It's just hey, Bud Dupree's trying to get paid. Steelers ain't trying to pay him that much, and he's looking for other answers before he says yes. Now I'm not so sure the releasing of Jameer Jones signals that Bud Dupree is imminent or anything like that. I think it's that might be more so. Maybe Jameer Jones had a health issue that they didn't know about. Like you know there was an injury or something. There's a lot of reasons that can happen. Guys who, who you know have been practice squad guys and they, they, they get those guys get cut all the time and moved around the NFL is, in a, is, is can be gruesome uh, to you know when it comes to that part of the the, the of business there. But uh, I, I still think that Bud Dupree isn't out of the question. I think that it's something that they're they're certainly considering and could even consider after the NFL draft is over. You know, Bud Dupree. You know, he's he's had a lot of injuries in his career. Maybe he's healing from one right now. Just you know, making sure that he's good to go. So uh, lots of different things that could be in the way there. Uh, but Bud Dupree, uh, I do think, isn't out of the picture just yet. We have a lot of questions from you guys. So we're going to keep it rolling here with another linebacker question. We touched on linebackers a bit yesterday, but this question I thought was interesting. It comes from our friend Sol- Solomon in New Jersey. Here's that. Hey, Chris, this is uh, Suleiman from New Jersey. Um, I know you had talked about Jack Campbell as a potential inside linebacker that the Steelers can draft, um, and he's one of your favorites. But I wanted to get your thoughts on Trenton Simpson from Clemson. He seems to be a guy that can line up inside, outside, play deep. Um, And, uh, you know, I feel like he could be a great asset, and he can be used all over the field. I uh, just wanted to get your thoughts on him and if he, uh, if you think he would be a good selection uh, for the Steelers' second pick. Uh, thanks for taking my call, and uh, keep up the great work. Thank you for your question, Solomon. I, I want to get to Trenton Simpson because I, I want to make it clear. I like him a lot, too. Jack Campbell is just the guy who I think his, his instincts are the farthest along as far as this year's linebacker class, and he could be the guy that kind of fits in there and – um, and, and is a plug and play guy that where you could put him in with Cole Holcomb and with a Landon Roberts and, you know, be a, be, you know, have him kind of just fit in. I think he, in the long term, he would be a, you know, a good kind of captain like player in the middle part of the field. I think Trenton Simpson is probably the best athlete at linebacker this year. He ran a four, four, three in his 40, in his 40 yard dash. He's six, two, two thirty five. So he's good size, good speed. He, he can get around pretty well. Uh, I think that he does pretty well when you match him with a running back out of the backfield and he kind of just has to jump on a guy and, and kind of keep close to them. Uh, all, all those measurables work out. Jack Campbell, because I think that he's going to be the first linebacker off the board this year as far as off-ball, you know, inside linebacker type guys, I think that he might, if you want to avoid spending on a linebacker uh, in, within the early part of the second round, like maybe 32, I, I doubt he gets to 49. If he does, I think he's that's a great pick for the Steelers. But if you can't 
take him there. I think that that's where you get a chance to get a Trenton Simpson, maybe at 49 or even 80, uh, depending on how far he falls, because there's a mix, there's a mixed bag. Some people think he's uh, a mid round two. Some people think he's a mid round three, uh, but certainly I think the Steelers are in a position uh, to get either one of those guys and add a young linebacker to what's a right now, a veteran linebacker room uh, plus Mark Robinson. They still need another presence there. And I think it would be a good chance to get a good athlete. So uh, personally, I say Jack Campbell with Trenton Simpson's my number two, uh, even over Drew Sanders. I think that Trenton Simpson would be uh, an interesting addition as far as the coverage guys, both Cole Holcomb and Alandon Roberts are like more run stuffers Cole Holcomb a little bit better at coverage Trenton Simpson would be probably be your best coverage option if you brought him in at linebacker and could be an interesting you know swap in there because uh, as we were talking about with Alan Saunders just yesterday on the Lockdown Steelers podcast you know the role of a traditional linebacker is reduced in today's NFL with all the passing that there is um now as I've talked about before the increase of teams starting to run the ball more you're going to still want to keep linebackers around and I think their relevance is going to uh is going to kind of rise back up soon, but you still need guys who can cover and who can play the run. I think that Jack Campbell would be better suited for both roles, but I think Trenton Simpson could be the better athlete between the two, if that makes sense, what I'm what I'm spinning there. So uh, 1A, 1B for me, I think that either one would be fine if they got either one of them on day two of the draft um, and the Steelers linebacker room would look kind of healthy for me. But we got a lot more questions to get to. We'll get to all of them right here on the Lockdown Steelers podcast. But first, before we do any of that, want to talk to you guys about our great sponsors at Built Bar. And of course, Built Bar is the number one protein bar in America because they're healthy and they taste amazing. And when I say amazing, I mean it. They're covered in 100% real chocolate. They come in so many different flavors, and that's what makes them awesome. They come in all these different flavors like churro, peanut butter, brownie, cookies, and cream. And I'm not sure how they do it, but somehow they pack all these in. They only get packed in 130 calories, but they, they and only have four grams of sugar, but somehow pack a whopping whopping 17 grams of protein into each built bar that's what that's an awesome opportunity for you to go get your own now you don't even need to wait to get the box you used to have to mail 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 uh email built bar go to their website and lot and and buy them now you can buy them at your local walmart or sam's club where you can still get your specialty flavors delivered at built.com that's right head to your local walmart today and you can walk to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of built bars by picking up a four bar box of cookies and cream double chocolate bar or coconut puff or if you're close to sam's club run in and grab a 13 bar box with all of their hit flavors brownie batter puff and churro puff trust me when you try built bar you're thanking me later because you're trying the best protein bar in the world Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter. We're going to continue running through our mailbag questions here today, and we have a lot of ones that are focused on the NFL draft. But before we get back to the NFL draft, let's look at a free agency question here that we have from our friend Will, who has a question about a player who's still on the Steelers roster and whether or not they should get rid of them and move forward. Here's Will. Good morning, Chris. My name is Will, regular listener. Um, Question about something that's kind of gone under the radar during Omar Khan's uh, signature offseason here. What do you think he's going to do with the Mitch Trubisky situation? Obviously, we can't go into the season with a $10 million backup. I understand that he's 
handsome and dynamic and helpful and the Roonies have a man crush on him, but he's a $2 million re-signee if possible. And if he wants to start somewhere else, we need to let him go and sign Rudolph. Thank you for your question, Will. Um, so one, one thing I think it's important to look at, yes, uh, Mitch Trubisky is a $10.6 million uh, cap hit for the Pittsburgh Steelers this year, and that's a big number for a backup quarterback. Uh, Mason Rudolph is still a free agent. No one signed him yet, so there's certainly those those guys out there right now. Uh, but uh, I, I think it's important to remember, I don't think it's necessarily going overlooked because we did talk about the potential of letting go Mitch Trubisky at the start of free agency uh, because it would have freed up $8 million. But something that, that's been brought up and does make sense is that if you let go of Mitch Trubisky at $8 million, you're probably going to spend another four $6 million on backup quarterbacks to replace him. And the Steelers still only have two quarterbacks on the roster. I actually even think a seventh-round quarterback this year, kind of like how they did with uh, Olatikin, uh last year, it would even be likely for the Steelers to kind of just bring in a guy, have them be the third-string quarterback in emergency situations, and keep Trubisky around. Yes, $10.6 million is a lot of money for a backup quarterback. But when you have a quarterback on a rookie deal and McKinney Pickett's dealt with a couple injuries in his first year, I think this is kind of their – a uh, breaking case of emergency situation where they're keeping him around. And again, necessarily, you know, if you, if you let him go, you're, you're getting $8 million back, but you're spending at least half, probably more uh, in filling, filling those spots. And I don't also think, don't think it's going to be easy just to get a $2 million backup. You know, when guys like Sam Darnold, Drew Locke, um, Jameis Winston, all those guys are making over $4 million a year in their backups as well. Uh, you know, and you could, you maybe you could finagle something like Gardner, Gardner Mitchell for the Colts is making like $3.5 million, but those guys are gone. I think the ship has sailed on Mitch Trubisky being gone for the Steelers this year. I think that they're happy to keep him around just for another year. Uh, I mean, we've seen it. They've, They've made their their free agent moves this year. They've made quite a few signings, and you know I think a lot of people feel confident about their signings this year without even having to let go of Mitch Trubisky. So uh, I, I think that's a really interesting uh, a really interesting situation that they have and that they've set up for themselves without having to let go of a guy who is their second most ex- expensive offensive cap. No, excuse me, third most expensive. Oh no, fourth most. I take it back because I, I did not account for some accruing contracts. Deontay Johnson is has the highest cap hit on the offense at sixteen point three million. Chukuma Core for it, 13, uh, 13 million. And then James Daniels at 11.1. And then it's Mitch Trubisky at 10.6 as far as a cap hit this year. Um, and who knows? Maybe Mitch Trubisky, yeah, maybe he does want to start somewhere and move on with his career. Uh, but I think that right now he was a back, he was a backup for the Buffalo Bills. He knows what the deal is with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Maybe I think maybe he might be looking for either a situation to go start somewhere if he gets the opportunity after he's done with the Pittsburgh Steelers or Maybe he's looking at a situation where you know what it wouldn't be nice. It wouldn't be bad to to make a few million dollars a, a year to, and not beat up, get my body beat up. Uh, if I'm if I know that I'm not going to be a uh, you know a full time starting quarterback in the NFL. But I think Mitch Trubisky is competitive. Eventually he'll get there. But this year I think the Steelers are going to be happy to have an experienced veteran backup for in case Kenny Pickett goes down with another injury this season. All right, now let's get back to some draft questions here. Thank you again for Will. And again, if you want to call in and get your questions in, it's 412-223-6644. Leave your name, where you're from, and we'll get to your question. Here's one of my here's my man, Big Nate, Nathan Glass out of Los Angeles. He's got a draft question that's about trading down, but if a certain if a certain only if a certain team comes calling, here I'll let Nate tell you what his question is. 
How you doing, Chris? Nathan Glass, California. My question is about Broderick Jones. Um, if he's available at number 17, but I know you have also entertained the thought of trading down. So if, for example, let's just say Kansas City Chiefs, they lost uh, Orlando Brown Jr. in free agency. So if the Kansas City Chiefs came calling for that number 17 pick where Broderick Jones is still there, do you draft Broderick Jones or do you trade down? What would you do? Thanks for taking my call. Thanks for making the call, Nate. I appreciate the question as always. Um, personally, I'm a fan of when you get your guy, you sprint to the podium and you take them unless someone offers you the most ridiculous uh, deal in the, in the world to get them. And when I mean ridiculous, it would have to be over the top. So let, let's let's look at it this way. The Steelers are sitting at 17th overall. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs are, are sitting at 31st overall. Um, the Chiefs could if they wanted to to to, tra- to trade up and go get the Steelers picks. They need to throw in some serious consideration. I don't think that their second round pick would be enough to to do to do that. Um, you know, so if you're in that situation and they're that hungry, I think, and this is part of why you know when we talk about the trade values chart that we use on this show, uh, you know, it's it's something that I've talked about as far as you know, being something that's, that's helpful and useful. Uh, you know, it's not the, it's not the Bible. It's just something that we kind of use to help, you know, I guess, uh, mon- not monetize, but quantify what, what Pat, what, uh, what picks have different values. If you look at the value chart, as far as this, this, you know, it would require more than just a second round pick, but the reason it kind of goes out the window sometimes is that some of these trades, especially on draft day can be very volatile, to to just the temperament of the situation. Let's say Broderick Jones does fall to 17, and let's say Kansas City gets on the phone and Omar Khan's on the phone with him. Like, you know what? We love Broderick Jones. Like personally, Broderick Jones, if, if I'm trading up to 12 or 9 or wherever the Steelers are, Broderick Jones is, is my guy. Like I mean, I'd even be willing to trade up for Broderick Jones. If he falls to 17 and I'm the GM, Chris Carter is sprinting to the podium, picking Broderick Jones and throwing a party back in Pittsburgh. But um uh, uh but I, I think that there is a uh, I think that you, just all, you have to always leave room in for if Kansas City calls and say, hey, man, that is our guy. And they did lose Orlando Brown. But if they say, hey, man, that's our guy, we we absolutely want him. That's where Omar Khan, if he was so willing, he'd be like, you know what? Let's drive up the price. How much you want for him? I don't doubt that that's what he did to the Chicago Bears for Chase Claypool. I bet you that there were a few teams in the mix to get him. And the Bears just jumped the highest. And that's what's going to happen. And there might be other teams that want to trade up and get him, you know, not just the Kansas city chiefs, but if the chiefs came a calling, you know, I think that the only way I even entertain it, if they gave me your first, second and third round picks, uh, because I think that Broderick Jones can be that good of a player. I think he'd be a pillar offensive tackle player. And here's the thing though, they give you your first, second, and third, uh, round picks there. You're dealing, you get the 31st pick. That's the end of, at the end of the first round and the 32nd pick that you still have from Chicago. Then you have basically three, second round picks and two third round picks and you can still kind of get aggressive with how you want to play around with there uh but again if i if it's me though i'm not even entertaining it unless it's a 
ridiculous offer. Uh, I think that it's gonna it's gotta be something uh, that it, it's gotta be something crazy that uh, I that no one would normally offer because Broderick Jones I think could be that guy that fixes the Steelers' offensive line for the long term and may even be the pillar piece of what people have started to call the picket fence. All right, we're gonna take one more break. When we come back, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna finish answering all these different questions we've lined up. Got a lot still out more in, st- in store. Stay tuned right here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host Chris Carter. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter. We're going to get to some more draft questions here because a lot of people have been asking as far as the best fits for different things. Um, let's get to some questions here that I think could be really interesting as far as fitting. Uh, this is a specific question that involves two uh, bigger guys in the off in, in the NFL draft that are going to come in later rounds. Here's Troy Blessing from uh, McCungie, Pennsylvania, asking his question. Hi, Chris. Love the show. My name is Troy Blessing from McCungie, Pennsylvania. I am calling in regards of a question for about Carter Warren, offensive tackle from Pitt, and what's your thoughts on him are, and also uh, Kobe Warren from Auburn, a defensive tackle. I love the show. Keep it up. Bye. Thank you very much for your question, Troy. Now, just to be clear, I, I believe you meant Kobe Wooden. Uh, uh, the defensive tackle from Auburn. Um, but let me first address Carter Warren because I've covered Carter Warren. I've talked to him and he's a really great guy. Uh, but I, I like Carter Warren as an offensive tackle, but he is fourth round in my best, in my opinion. He's coming off of an, of an ACL injury. He's healthy. Like I saw him in his pro day. He's doing just fine. I've talked to Carter Warren. I think he'd be a good player. But the Steelers need a pillar offensive tackle, not just a guy who's going to kind of fall into the middle rounds. I think that if they got him in the fourth round, they'd probably be doing it as a doubling down on the tackle position. And I'm not sure that they're going to do that in this draft class with the, all the other needs that they have this year. I just think that with the picks the Steelers have right now, I'm not so sure Carter Warren is going to fit into the picture there, but who knows? Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they see Carter Warren as the next big thing and they draft him in the third round or something like that. And that's like their secret offensive tackle move to kind of secure the offensive line. Or they even draft them for depth because they say, you know what? You know, they, they, you know all we have is really Raven Clark. We just signed. Let's bring in a guy who we've kind of been, you know, watching practice for the last four or five years that he's been a pit Panther. Uh, I like, again, I like Carter Warren, good player, not someone though, that I think that you would draft with the hope that he'd be a, a plug and play starter right now that would take over for Dan Moore jr. And be your left tackle for the next decade or so. But the other guy, Colby wouldn't Colby wouldn't an interesting prospect because he came in like, I think at 273 or something like that in, in the NFL draft, the NFL Combine. I'm not going to lie and tell you that I've studied Colby Wooden tape up and down uh, because I haven't. Um, but you know, from what I've stuck, what I have like just note, you know, just gathered from the notes that I've seen um, and just a couple things that I watched on him. You know, he's you know, he, he has interesting traits. He can be a good pass rusher on the inside, but he looks more like he could be a tweener uh, between edge and interior defensive line. Um, I, again, a guy though, that I'm looking at maybe in the fourth round, uh, and, and that could be a, a, a good thing to have if you don't hit on, uh, hit, hit on a bigger defensive lineman in your first four picks in the first three rounds, maybe that fourth pick at 120, that's where you go get a guy like this, but not jumping out of my chair, uh, for him either in this equation. I think there's other guys that would be better suited for that situation. All right, let's get to a couple more questions here. Uh, and these kind of questions actually bounce off of each other a bit. Let's lead with our friend Miguel from Canada, who's asking about the secondary. 
Hey, Chris, it's uh, Miguel from uh, Canada. Uh, I was just wondering, you know how we talked about the uh, Steelers maybe double dipping at corner? Do you think that could be Brian Branch and Keely Ringo? Because they're both different types. You know, Keely Ringo's more on the outside. Brian Branch is uh, more of a safety slot guy. And uh, I think that would make a good pair if you got Brian Branch at 17 and then maybe Keely Ringo falls to 49. Or maybe you even trade back from 32 and get him a bit later in the second round. Uh, yeah, just let me know what you think. Thanks. Bye. Thank you very much for your for your question, Miguel. Um, what do I think about the proposition of trading for Kel, or trading down or getting Kelly Ringo and Brian Branch? Uh, for one, you know, I, I I like Brian Branch. I think that he has a lot of good instincts. I'm not so sure I'd take him at 17. I think that if you're taking at 17, it means that Joey Porter Jr., Christian Gonzalez, and uh, Devin Witherspoon are all gone, as well as well as all the top three offensive tackles. And, and I just think that if, instead of getting him, you might be willing, you might be able to trade down and get some more of those picks so that you can get, uh, you know, a Kelly Ringo in the second round or something at, at the proper value. Uh, but the, the proposition is certainly worthwhile to, to explore. I think Brian Branch could be a good slot guy who helps you in the middle part of the field, gives you kind of an on-field young, young captain-like figure who can grow into, uh, you know, grow chemistry with Mika Fitzpatrick. That could certainly be something that you look at uh, for a while. Kelly Ringo, though, is an interesting proposition because this is this is a guy who's 6'2", 207, and ran a sub 4'4", 40-yard dash. He presses really well. Um, you know, he's not always the most technically sound, but he has um, he has a lot of he has a lot of tools in his bag that I think could really work out for him. Um, I just think that he has to still sharpen a bit of his bit, a bit of his play and how he does um, before he'd be, uh, you know, a top pick for the Steelers. And I, I think that's fine. But, you know, something that Alan you know, Saunders has brought up on this show, you know, maybe don't get the cornerback that needs more coaching up. Uh, as much because the Steelers haven't had much success there. Granted, this is a different Steelers front office and Terrell Austin's now the defensive coordinator. So maybe that won't be as much of an issue. Uh, personally, I think if you're getting that cornerback in that range, the guy you go get is Julius Brents. Now, yes, he's slower, ran a four, five, three, but that man's technique is right in there. Uh, he has the right height. I think he's like six, three. Uh, he's, he's really good at mirroring, mirroring opponents. Uh, I think that he would be my ideal cornerback for that situation. If you wanted to go outside while also getting an inside guy like Brian branch, but there's another caller who called in with a similar question, but a different approach in how to get your two guys in the secondary in the NFL draft. Here's Jefferson McNeil, always from Cincinnati. Hey, Chris, it's Jefferson McNeil. Long time listener here from Cincinnati, Ohio. I had a question for you. So you've talked about double dip in that corner for a while now. Hey, usually whenever you talk about it, you bring up getting a slot corner and outside corner. But the way the board could potentially shake out, what if, you know, you know, Deontay Banks is the best guy on the board come 17, right? Or maybe Jordan Porter Jr. does fall to the Steelers. But then come pick 49, a guy floating around, best guy on the board for the Steelers, his Keely Ringo. Do you think they could potentially put together – double up at corner and get two outside guys, a really high potential guy in Keely Ringo, you know, have questions about him, but then get a guy to come out the gate and play pretty solid for him and DeAndre Banks or Jordan Porter Jr. early. Thank you. Have a good one. Thank you very much. And thank you to everyone who called into the call line. 
uh, just to get because it's always great to answer your questions and interact with you guys. But uh, let, let's 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 address this. So, yeah, sure. Double dipping a corner, something that I've advocated a lot for. I think that it's very likely that there is a position to be double dipped. It is the cornerback spot, uh, whether it is a slot and an outside guy or two outside guys. The only reason I, I struggle to say it will be two outside guys is because I think the Steelers, they see Patrick Peterson, they see Akella Witherspoon, and they see Levi Wallace. And if you drafted two outside guys, that means someone that you either drafted this year in the upper rounds um, or someone that you're paying decent money isn't going to play, which means, sure, they'd be fine. Like, you know, if Akella, if Akella Witherspoon doesn't work out again, uh, you know, whatever, you know, you, you move on from that. But I, I think that they'd like the versatility there. And they might even go for a player who could play inside or outside. You know, they might go for a person who might be able to flip around there, maybe a Garrett Williams type out uh, of, of Syracuse, you know, and having guys who are comfortable playing in the slot and playing on the outside, kind of like how Cam Sutton was. Um, but, you know, I, I don't think they turned down entirely the idea of getting two young cornerbacks. They have they have three older quarterbacks right now, and cornerbacks right now. And Patrick Peterson, we know, is only going to be around for about two years. You can be excited about him this year, and then we'll see how he looks progressing into the next. Um, Levi Wallace, I thought, did a stand-up job. Uh, last year and Akella Witherspoon we know he can be hot and cold with the Steelers and lately he was cold but there was a time when he was hot so maybe he'll get hot again Um, and maybe behind those guys you want to get uh, cornerbacks another cornerback I think it'd be interesting to get later in the draft Riley Moss I think that he's another guy that you know uh, know, could could really fit in there a guy from Iowa 6-1 runs a 4-4-5 decent decent athlete Um, you know I think that there's there's definitely space to make those types of moves in this NFL draft um, but again, how, how much do you want to get this, the the same type of player versus two different types of players uh, that you, that you can use? Because uh, again, if you're getting a slot corner, you're getting a guy like you know maybe you get Clark Phillips out of Utah, um, and you're, you'd be getting a guy that can play a unique position that is important to the Steelers' defense and covering over the middle and, and taking away those guys there. But getting an outside corner who can learn behind Patrick Peterson and those guys, you. You mix up the versatility that you have, and let's say you know in a couple of years' time when Patrick Peterson retires and uh, and maybe Akella Witherspoon and Levi Wallace their contracts run out and you don't feel like paying them anymore. Now you got two guys that play each of those positions who have been experienced in your on your roster. Granted, you could also have two guys on the outside. I'm not dismissing the idea. That's why I wanted to to take your question, Jefferson. But uh, I, I think that it might be best to have one at each in that situation. But again, wouldn't turn it away if the right value is there. I think the Steelers, again, have truly put themselves in a position where they can look at the draft and say, you know what, we're taking the best player out there because you, uh, we've, you know, we've solidified our roster and a lot, and we don't have as many weak spots as we did going into free agency. And that allows the Steelers to say, you know what, so what if we're doubling up at cornerback? We're getting the two best guys out there in each of those positions that we picked. And that's going to work out for us. So if that's the Steelers' mindset, I think that they 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 could very much go very much go along with that and, and make that happen. But there's a lot of time. There, there's, there's a lot of talk that we could still go over as far as these other uh, prospects that they could be looking at. But not as much time it, as now. It is April 13th, which means. The NFL draft starts in just two weeks. We'll get to more on that tomorrow and all the things happening with your Pittsburgh Steelers right here on the Lockdown Steelers podcast. I'm your host, 
Chris Carter. You can find me on Twitter and on Instagram at Carter Critiques. You can also read my work at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, where I, where I cover all things Pitt Athletics. Uh, if you want to check that out, go to post-gazette.com. You also listen to the North Shore Drive podcast that I do there Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. But also find me on the Locked on Steelers podcast right here on your favorite podcasting app, and especially on YouTube. Like this video if you enjoyed it. Subscribe to this YouTube channel to get all of our daily episodes. And if you want to help us out even further, go on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a five-star view with a positive comment. You do both at the same time. You get a special shout-out at the end of the show. Like this person, we have the Berg092 who says great podcast i love this podcast listen to it every morning to get my steelers fixed chris carter is my favorite very knowledgeable about what's going on with the black and gold best steelers podcast i've listened to thank you berg appreciate you very much for the review uh and the five-star review if you want your shout out give me a five-star review and i will be sure to read it here on the show thanks again everybody back tomorrow with the friday edition of the locked on steelers podcast hope you have a great thursday we'll see you then